What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Shirley Doy. And Sirocco Obama. It's your audio besties here, and this is Not That Podcast. Not That Podcast. Every Tuesday, we're sharing personal stories and giving advice. On mental wellness, sexual pleasure, relationships, and pretty much whatever the hell we want. Need advice? Shoot us a text or leave a voicemail at 407-801-7556. Or DM us at This Is Not That Pod on Instagram. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to stay in the know. If you like what you hear, leave us a review, please. All right. So we are here. We're getting a facial. We're getting a facial. Sarak is getting a facial, getting her face nice and skincare-y. Um, how's it feel so far? She getting my mustache, so I, so I can't talk too much right now. My mustache <laughs> is getting is getting cleaned up. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not the mustache being cleaned. <laughs> hey, make, make sure y'all get y'all, y'all mustache cleaned up over there. Oh, Lord. So we felt like this would be the perfect time to talk about self-care for entrepreneurs. And what better way to talk about self-care for entrepreneurs than if we're getting a facial? Come on, man. We got Sorak over there getting herself a really, really nice facial by Talia. And then we also have Talia doing the work. What is this that you're doing? What is this laser red beam thing? This is the LED lights. LED lights? Uh-huh. Okay. So right now she's she has a mask, an enzyme mask right now. And I'm just gently massaging it into the skin. Mm-hmm. And with the LED light, it helps with inflammation since she just did the dermal panel. And I love the red light because it helps with inflammation. It helps with uh, generating new skin cells. And it also vibrates. Mm-hmm. So now what it helps vibrate new skin cells. Is it going to make my cheeks puffier? No. Puffier? Interesting. No, not at all. It's going to actually help calm the skin. Calm? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. And I like this because... With the enzyme mask, it helps eat away the dead skin cells, mm-hmm. whatever's left from after doing a dermal planel. So, you know, it helps with calming the skin after the after manual exfoliation. Okay. All right. So how's business, ladies? We're all entrepreneurs in the room. Tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about business. Whoa, don't get me started. <laughs> I am exhausted. Dang, exhausted, sis. And that's why I have to go to New York. And Shirley's like, oh, it's too much work. You don't have to go. Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm one of those people that are like, don't overwork yourself. If it's too much work to do it, just don't go. That's that's my motto. Like, if I have to work too hard to make it happen, I might as well just stay home. But I, I love the perseverance. That's why you're an entrepreneur. And you persevere regardless. Or I think, you know, I took a break. And so I need to redo all the foundation work. And that takes a lot. Like right. when you're starting a business, UD, it's a lot of work. And especially if you took a break and everybody kind of forgot that you what you do, you got to do more work and more advertising and more more stuff in the beginning. You got to like start all over. Right. So it's I'm at that point right now. Right. So for those who are emerging businesses, I think we're all still considered emerging businesses, just some with a little bit more experience than others. But for those who are like starting off your business, I can't say that for everyone, but I think it's the hardest time in your business's like lifetime because that's when you're like, you'd actually know nothing. Like you spend most of entrepreneurship knowing nothing, but you know even more nothing, you know, you know even less. So at that time, you're still, you're figuring things out. You're trying to figure out how do you start? What are your prices? How much should you charge? How much do people need to value you? You're probably spending most of your time uh, doing your business. And if you are doing your business on top of having a job, you're feeling like the balance is very challenging. So I think, Sarah, you basically found your own footing and then you had to start all over because you took a break. Yeah. And on top of that, like, surely, you know, like if you have a nine to five and you have a business and you're like kind of like a serial entrepreneur, like it's a lot. It's a lot. And then you spend the majority of the beginning of your business, not even really doing your business, but trying to find clientele, trying to find marketing, trying to find a way to get, you know, people to support your business. And you would think that it would be your friends or, you know, because of the knowing people to follow and who's going to be your like clients or your customer. And 99% of the time, they all full of shit. 
<laughs> they not about to do nothing for you for real. You have to advertise to the people that are looking for the services that you're providing because it's not always your friends. So I have to be honest with the whole advertising to your friends thing. Truth is, this is how people are when it comes to business in general. So when people make decisions, they make decisions on the person who has the highest volume of whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. They're going to go to the person who has the highest volume or whatever. Like I'm a skincare influencer, but I'll see people taking recommendations from Joe Schmo with 150K followers before they'll take skincare recommendations from me. And that's just how people, for some reason, look at things. And simply because they are your friend, they are not doing the same thing. I had this one person reach out to me and she asked me, she's like, hey, do you want to buy my book? And I was like, um, what's the book about? And she's like, it's about um, supporting girls. It's about little girls and their journey to X, Y, and Z. At first I was like, no, because why would I, why do I need to buy a book about kids? I don't have children. I don't have a child. And then I said, you know what? I can actually buy the book and gift it to my goddaughter, right? Because she's a girl. And maybe this is something that her mom can read to her. And then she'll be able to like benefit from it. But I can imagine if I had nobody who had kids in my life, I would have been like, hey, sis, this book doesn't really benefit me. I don't have any reason to buy it. And there's going to be the conversation. It's like, oh, just do it to support me. But it's like, I'm not buying something that I don't need off of the intentions of supporting. Right. And that's another reason why I think people shouldn't be upset at their friends who don't support them because that might not be something that they need, you know what I mean? Or something that they want. But I make t-shirts and I hear somebody saying, hey, where can I get Yeah, I know that's, that's fake as hell. The moment, the well, moment you started that company. swag bags, but I'm just like, are you kidding me? You should have came to me. Oh, that's true. I didn't know you were making swag bags. I was like, dang. But I'm not gonna be upset at like, you know, people who are not, don't need swag bags. Yeah, who don't need shirts and stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. Stuff like that, but don't be walking around me with a blink cup that you bought from somewhere else. Right. I once had a friend who was like, she wanted me to do something for her marketing. And she's like, yeah, I hired somebody else to do the website. I was like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> I was like, I design websites. And she's like, I know, but this person specializes in this. And I was like, okay, hey, no saying. They specialize in that, go do that. They went to them and then they're like, never mind. Hey, can you design my website? I was like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to so and so who specialize in this? Ain't do their job good? Yeah. 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 That's why I started my business, sis. How about you, girl? How things are going for you? I think did for me because I'm doing what I love, right? And I'm able to help people and their skin journey. And I find fulfillment within that. So when I have clients that come in with like challenging skin issues, I get to coach them through their skin issues. And that brings me joy. So for me, business is good in that aspect. I've been just going along with the flow. Whatever the flow is, I feel like it's God's timing. And I just go with the flow. So if there is a moment, which we all know with being an entrepreneur that, you know, we have slow moments. I use that time to focus more on my self-care and yeah. doing more things that makes me happy. So then I'm always having good energy for my space of business and for my clients and for my family as well. So you do this business uh, full-time? Full-time. Yes. I sell skincare products and I do vegetables. Nice. Yeah, I'm proud of y'all. I can't. I need the, I need the stability. <laughs> I like doing what I like doing, but I need the stability and that's okay. Yeah. Right. No, that's fine. Like, it makes sense. If you have to have the silent investor while you do other things that will bring more money in your pocket, do what you got to do. I think it's just time. Time is what made me decide to go full time. I felt like all the energy that I was putting into somebody else's business to make their business grow, I could have been doing it for myself. And that was the only reason why I went. And don't get me wrong, every now and then I'm like, maybe I need to go get a little job so that I can feel a little bit more stable because I'm tired of stressing. Once I hit like the 29th of the month, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> For some reason, things always pull through. Always pull through. You get the client regardless. I can most definitely agree to that. My background is serving, being a waitress. I was a waitress for over 15 years. So when I made that full transition to, you know, become a entrepreneur full time, it was a big leap for myself and it was very scary. However, I find 
the most fulfillment with doing this full time. And I feel like when you bet on yourself, that's when all the blessings pour in. One thousand percent. Yeah. I'm going to bet on my nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Always say do what works and what's best for you. Yeah. At your, you know, with your situation. Well, sure. me, like, I, I know a lot of people, like, they follow their passion. Me, I follow the money. Yeah. So, like, I do what I like to do on the on the side and like this is my hobby and this is my passion like I like creating I like making new things for people to purchase I like you know blinging cups or whatever um I like podcasting things of that nature but I need the bills paid and I need that money big facts my degree is in psych I didn't even get into psych I'm used psych to get into a better job like I literally like I'm an accountant and I was thinking to myself I was like I have a career I can't really leave the stability of as much money that I'm making to go try to sell shirts. You know, because some months I make a lot of money, some months I don't. And I got bills to pay and I, I can't stress because I'm going to need that money to get these facials. Hello. <laughs> you can't be you can't be uncomfortable with your financial situation while trying to figure out if this business is viable enough. And I felt that. I felt that. Yeah, you pick your struggles. Like do you care more about like doing what you like doing and you don't want to go to work and you just want to work for yourself or you want the stability of of a paycheck? Mm. I choose paycheck. <laughs> Shirley pick time, you know, and Talia picks passion. None of them are wrong. You just got to pick what what's more important to you. You got to prioritize what you want to do. Right. Girl, you hit it on the nail. Choosing your priorities, making sure you make priorities and then determine where your business falls in that set of priorities. And that's something that I wish I kind of like thought about. I always say that like business is the only place that I feel like I've had regrets. And the regrets is like not doing it sooner. One, not going full time sooner because I had I had the capability of going full-time sooner. I was just so anxious about what would happen if I made that decision and things didn't go the way that I wanted to. And then I also have the regret of not scaling sooner, like not believing in myself enough to know that I could make certain decisions and do certain services that would bring my business to the next level. Well, I think that reminds me a little bit because I met Talia at one of these um, vendor events like i don't know what it's called but like they they have like all the vendors are selling like their small business things mm -hmm. and now she has this nice little studio and they got me undressed in here gave me a little bit of wine <laughs> and this was so nice to see thank you how did you how did you go from the vendor tables to having like your own spot uh vision Ooh, i was saying vision. vision um sometimes you with vision I work backwards, right? And for me, it's whatever I see, whatever I want, I work from that point backwards. So from that point, the vision that I see, and I just move backwards to, okay, how do I get it? What does it look like? Like I have still in my phone, I have in my iPhone, the notes of what the space will look like, the theme, the color, the smell, the vibe, everything. And I worked hard towards that. And I wasn't going to let up until I got it. And when I found this place, it was like, this is it. This is exactly what I envisioned. And just grit, grit. I was at every vendor. I was on Eventbrite looking for every vendor to be a vendor at every space. And I wanted, you know, brand awareness. And so with that, that grew. I was able to sell more products. And once I became a licensed esthetician to add more value to my brand, it was on the popper from there because then I had a service and, you know, products to sell as well especially to my regulars that was already buying my products. So it was easy, you know, to sway them to come in for a facial and allow me to coach them through their skin issues. And you know, that's called diversifying your portfolio. When you go from being a specific type of brand that then adds different services that will allow for their company to grow. So I think like you mentioned, the things that basically helped you transition from being that one person that was hustling, basically going from event to event and being a vendor, you mentioned grit. And I'm like, yeah, it literally grit. Like you have to be willing to do the hard things to see yourself and your business grow. How bad do you want it? Oof. As I will always say to myself, right? Like I remember before even having my studio, I was being, I was a mobile esthetician. Mm -hmm. I had to put all that stuff in my little two-door Honda Accord 
load up, going up the stairs, not knowing the environment I'm going to be in, but I knew I'm going to make this money because the bigger picture is to have my own studio to provide this private, intimate facial experience. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. And, you know, I just realized, you know how sometimes you're so hard on yourself with your growth. You don't really realize how well you're doing it to like a friend or someone It's kind of reflecting back on your journey. And she mentioned, she was like, you know, you just scaled your business, right? Yeah. I was like, wait, what? She was like, you scaled your business. Yeah, because it was, uh, I remember my favorite, this lavender scrub. Yes. This lavender (laughs) scrub. I was at this vendor event and she had the lavender scrub. She's like, go ahead and, and scrub your hands with this. It was a facial scrub, though, but she put it on, on my hands. But then when I like rinsed it, my hands were so soft. And I was like, ooh, I need that. And it came in a whole kit. And, you know, once you put something in a kit, you got to get the whole kit. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. my gosh. And when it ran out, I was like, oh, my God, can I meet you somewhere? I need this scrub. <laughs> And I remember we stopped by because you didn't have a, a spot yet. We met up at Altamont, mm-hmm. at Altamont Mall. And I remember that. And then so when Shirley was like, oh, we're going to get facials with Talia. I was like, oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. Full circle, right? <laughs> Full Very, circle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Full circle. And I think, I don't know if this is like an enlightening moment for you, but to hear from a client who saw you when you were doing all of the the hustling and the grit and to see you in a studio. Come right. on. Yeah. yeah. I, I love good. to see it. Thank you. So we are obviously all three very passionate entrepreneurs and something that I wish I would have gotten from emerging entrepreneurs who then became midsize and then, you know, like larger businesses and corporations, whatever, was what the hell do you do when you are burnt the heck out? And listen, entrepreneurship burns you out. You get tired. Because for most of the time, you are doing this by yourself. You are coming up with the systems. You are coming up with the strategies. You are the person that's doing every little thing until you get to that point where you can hire somebody else to do it for you. So a lot of the times in that process, we don't think about self-care because we're so focused on the grind and the hustle and making sure that we have that next dollar. So I wanted to talk about self-care tips for entrepreneurs both the rock and I are very focused on self-care and we don't play about that. We don't play about that. Not at all. Not at all. So I wanted to see Talia, if you had anything that you can bring up about self-care for any emerging businesses or business owners who don't even think about it. Most definitely fasting, detoxing. When I feel overwhelmed or burnt out or I don't have clarity in my life, especially as a business owner, because I have to have peace and clarity. As soon as I feel it, that's one of my things that I go to. You know, I'm healthy. I don't have any medical issues or concerns, anything like that. So fasting for me where I would just eat fruits and vegetables all day and I just really zone in on myself. So that day I might get up and, you know, do a sauna treatment and um, I drink a lot of water. I drink maybe about a a gallon of water and I just eat fruits and vegetables all day and I just meditate throughout the day. But I'm really, really big on fasting because with that, I find clarity and I gain peace and I know what direction to move in moving forward. Mm. So I kind of break away from, you know, the junk food or sometimes I'm I'm a stress eater. Okay. So I find out if I go a healthier route, I feel good. And then, you know, when you feel good, you look good and it just transfers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would be one of my my tips for the entrepreneurs. What's fasting? Like, what's the what is it in general? Fasting is a way to it's like a sacrifice. So something that you just break away from. So rather it's eating or maybe uh, social media you know, eating your foods that could be triggering, you know, to your skin or not making you feel good, whatever that is to you, as far as the things that doesn't add happiness to your life, like just detoxing, just separating yourself from it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why is it a little toxic? I like the gossip. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had responded to my video like that. You're like, um, that makes sense. I, I like to call Reggie or Shirley and start gossiping about things because I know they can keep a secret. <laughs> we do. And I literally gossip and I enjoy that. And I also enjoy social media. And as you guys know, I don't think social media is a real place. So I don't have to take, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have to, but 
Like, I don't need to take social media breaks and social media doesn't stress me out. Mm-hmm. Negative comments don't stress me out. None of that stuff really like matters to me. So I enjoy social media. So I do that. And then actually one of my hobbies is now one of my businesses is teaching Kwampa. I love to dance Kwampa. So that's been something that I look forward to every two weeks. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. I've actually ever heard you sound so giddy about a business. I like that. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy the, cause you know, I, I do the t-shirts and the, and the bling cups and stuff like that. And I enjoy making stuff for myself, but I'm not always sure if other people are going to like it or, or whatever. I've been trying to do a little bit more advertisement because apparently people are interested in the things that I was making for myself, but making like merch or, or products for other people's consumption sometimes is a little nerve wracking, but so is like custom orders too, because you never know what's going to hit and what's going to miss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Anise with Copa, like, I feel like it's been real successful. Like I've only had like two classes, but it's been great. I think I've gotten a decent number of people and every time I've had a class, like it grows. People are like more interested in it. They're like, hey, we would like to come. I've been getting like a lot of ticket sales before the class comes. And, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. Haitians wait till the last minute to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. But I've been getting tickets beforehand. So I'm just like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Y'all showing out. And I enjoy dancing combine. Even if it's just me and Vaughn, at least I get to dance combine, you know? So. Everything's been, uh, it's been good on that aspect, but you know, business is also, it's not just doing what you love. It's also like the advertisement. And when I tell you uh, that is what's stressing me out. Marketing. Yeah. Marketing, advertisement and stuff like that is burning me out. Yeah. No, I can be the one to tell you as the person that does marketing for people for full time, man, I don't know if it's stressing. It's not stressful for me because I just love the content creation part. I think what really stresses me out about marketing is I know I only see it on the client's part. Like if you don't have the content, it makes it hard. Like for example, for like the podcast, since we switched to this like video format, you know, I just happen to AI everything. I'm an AI marketing girl. I don't know about anybody else, but hey, artificial intelligence has made my life 50 times better. So I just hop on the AI, let the AI do the work, and I just schedule or post either way. But I do know that being someone who's in marketing, who constantly has to do it, sometimes I don't feel like doing it. I never feel like doing it. No. <laughs> I actually love marketing. Huh? I love marketing. I love it. I love finding ways to encourage people to see my business or like my business or like something that I do. Like, and I love the creativity side. And like when I put things together and people respond well to it, I get very like, I, I did that. Right. <laughs> and I, but me, when I be making stuff and I, I swear I make content for me because I be rewatching it like, yo, that's. That slaps. And and I get like 50 views and I'm like, these 50 people didn't like this. This was great. And I'm I'm probably all 50 of them. And the algorithm be pissing me off. And I'm just like, this is this is annoying. You can ask Cam. I was like sitting there playing with the AI for our videos, and I was able to find a system where I could get like 10 videos and I didn't have to do any editing but like making sure that the captions were good. And then I sat there for like two hours and I replayed a video over and over. And every single time I replayed the video, I was cackling. Yeah. Cackling. Like, I was like, bro, I might find my video funnier than anybody else. Yeah, else. I do that all the time. The The last video from my Corpa class, I made them do the challenge or whatever. I've been replaying that video. I'm like, oh my God, my class did so well. <laughs> and I keep watching the video over and over again. Is everybody else watching the video over? I doubt it. Do you see? So that excitement that you have for that, that's what's going to actually fuel your marketing. Yeah, but it's it also discourages it because like not a lot, like it didn't go viral or nothing. Like it was it wasn't like a lot of views. We gotta or anything, stop you know? looking at stuff for viralness. Social media for a very long time did not have viral anything. That was not as in my thing is if it doesn't go viral, then who really saw it? it the people who see it. Yeah, but that's the people that weren't interested in the first place. The people that are on my page, like when I said I was gonna teach Compa, 
I had like 60 likes, you know, like 15 people said they were going to come. None of those people came. I don't agree. The people that I, I asked, hey, where'd you find me from? I met them at Kazumba or they found it on Eventbrite. I don't agree. None of them were from like actual social media. And the people that I, that follow me and stuff like that, I don't think they're my target audience. You so know what it like, sounds like? What is it? You need to start marketing to different people. Well, that's what it is. Like, but how do I get, and that's my issue with social media or like marketing in general. Like, how do I I've find... told you how. You just don't want to do it because you don't feel like doing that much work. Which is what? You keep waiting for these people to find you. I'm not you waiting. You have to find, you have to be on social media and you have to engage with these people. That's how I grew. Like if anybody asked me, how did I get my account to grow? It wasn't because I was posting these videos and people were finding me. I was literally on the shade room. My post notifications were on for like 17 accounts that I wanted to find people from. And every morning I made sure I was the first seven comments on every single account. So that way, being the first 15 comments, I would at least get a thousand likes per comment and maybe 13 followers per comment. And it was me trying to find my tribe. And when I found somebody that I wanted to be someone who followed me, I literally followed them and engaged with them for like three days, four days, five days, 10 days until they followed me back. And I do that. You sure? Because your numbers, your numbers show that people follow you more than you follow them. First of all, <laughs> one, I noticed that my Instagram is one full of Haitians. So when I tried to do other things, they were not responding to it. Right. If you've noticed, if people comment, I do comment back. You I do. Literally you did. Engage. You do. You do. I engage. And I also, Instagram doesn't really show me things that have to do with my businesses, but the algorithm does work on TikTok. And I do engage with like the communities that- You might have to be, so what I do is I go where my audience needs to be. So like when I was selling shirts, I'll call that actually one of my most successful businesses because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Actually, everything else I knew what I was doing, but selling shirts was definitely something I knew nothing about. Like I didn't do any research. I jumped when I started selling shirts. I said, I like this design. I put it on a shirt and I was like, I'm going to sell it. And what I had to do is actually be in, I was all Lino Sweet, One Neck Black Eye, the Haitian Room, Haitian American, Haitians of NYC. And I was engaging with every, I literally, they called me their social media bestie. They didn't know who the hell was behind Haitians to blog, but all they knew was we was always in their comments. I ain't gonna lie. I think some of us, like I do that too with the, because you know, I have the Haitian hoodies, but I think... You know, I don't know who's behind these accounts. I think some of these people got beef with me. <laughs> Just to be completely honest, because I don't know who's behind the account. Because I do be, like, I do engage with certain things or whatever. But, and you've even seen, you've even seen it. Girl, I don't be on Twitter. I was on Twitter all last week. One person posted my thing and tagged me in, and I was on Twitter for the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> And I keep posting, I keep posting the hoodies. Uh, but that's all you have to do. Like on Twitter, I'm going to be real with you. I cannot tell you how I have 9,000 followers on Twitter. I do nothing on Twitter. Nothing. This is the uh, Twitter. I will tell you, it has nothing to do with me having clout. Twitter, the clout came because I was just very social. That's it. There was none of this. Like people don't even know that I own Haitians who blog on Twitter. They have no clue. They literally see me as an average person who talked to my shit. And that's it. All I do is show up on Twitter. I talk. I start engaging more because I noticed that my followers increased by like maybe two, three percent when I started engaging more. And I did that. I engage. If anything, I engage. I'm but married. But you got to engage with Haitian Twitter. I'm married. <laughs> you got to engage with Haitian so Twitter. Much. You got to engage with Haitian Twitter. Well, first of all, I don't know how Twitter works. So I don't even know where, like what that means. So like, how are you going to be marketing? You don't know how these markets work. And that's my issue. I don't want to market. I'm going to be honest with you, babes. The only way that you can make money is you got to market. That's I why know. people be putting $50,000 into marketing. And that's what be bothering me. Like, I've been trying more lately because I've definitely been, like, diving more into, like, trying to get... I know that if I just advertise to the people that are already following me, it's not going to work. So let me be let me be the one to kind of, like, encourage you. So when we launched a T-shirts... We posted about the t-shirts every day and that allowed for me to sell 70 units a week. And now I don't post about it at all. And we get like four orders a week. That's 
how much you need to be marketing. Well, uh, we posted every day and we sold 70 shirts a week. Like we're talking my shirts would sell out. We talking our cups would sell out. We're talking jewelry would sell out. There was once we did a, a sale and we sold we sold stuff for $15. And every week we did a sale. Every week we did a Saturday sale. And a Saturday sale was like 20% off, 10% off. And we had a strategy at the end of the month, we would do a 40% off. And we did that for two to four months. I'm telling you, I would make a residual income every single month over like 4K every single month. Shirley's also a marketing of that, that, that's her business. Atalia, how do you get how do you get clients? <laughs> but, but isn't it isn't it easier to learn from somebody that's actually like working in the industry? I don't know, I don't know man, because I feel like people that are listening, they're gonna be like, Yeah, but here's just who blog got a lot of followers. No, I didn't have a lot of followers when we did the when we started the t shirts. Yeah, that's that's what you're saying. But Talia, how do you how you get What do you mean that's, that's what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, <laughs> so if you guys don't know, I lost my page back in September, oh, right? Yes, right. Uh-huh. I had over 4,000 followers. I just saw the growth. It was like after hitting like 3K, I just saw it growing, growing, growing. I was posting at that point. I was posting two to three times a day. I was aggressively posting, very active in my stories. And I was getting a lot of my followers through engagement. Like I had organic engagements. So now that I'm back at ground zero, which is fine. I'm now using the same strategies, but I'm not going as hard. And a lot of people have found me and everything like that. So now I'm still doing, you know, vendor events where I'm doing brand awareness and I'll, you know, engage with the people that will come up to my tables, tell them who I am and have them to follow me. And um, I try to make it my business too, to whoever I engage with when I'm just, you know, casually running errands. I try to make it my business to connect with somebody and give out my business. IRL advertising, yeah. But when it comes to just social media, just posting, really. And I still use hashtags and just post as much as possible, really. See? Posting. Posting. Well, you've seen that I've been I've been trying to do a little bit more I told posting. you, you have to change it. I under- so it's like people think that simply making the post is the strategy. The strategy is how you post. What is it the content that people consume the most? So like for you, for example, you're selling hoodies. There's this one girl. I think she's a very successful business. She literally takes all the trending sounds and she'll do comedy with the trending sounds and she'll be wearing her shirts in every video that she has that does the trending sounds but it'll be stuff that she comes up herself or when cousin nene come over and he ain't bring to play the macaroni and she falls down on the floor like she'll she'll add comedy and what she's basically doing is people are gonna ask her where did you get the shirt from well you know i do that but mine is i do it on the podcast i kind of like cross and that's what i've been trying and to do that's what isn't that when you saw a boost in sales yeah exactly hello <laughs> yeah that and other people other people also like posting and tagging so it sounds like you need to do more podcast advertising and you need to do more influencer well, that's marketing what, that's what i've been trying to do is i've been trying to find a way to mix everything or, or like cross nah you gotta do what's working no what's working but that's that's been working because it's kind of like so if i have the the shirts on the podcast that helps we're making merch for the podcast, which I don't just do like shirts that like we sell with my personal designs or whatever. I've also customized like t-shirts. So I have businesses that contact me to make shirts for them or whatever. So it sounds like the podcast is your your advertising strategy. Not. It should be. It's obviously making you sales. Yeah, but it's not the the only one because it's also also like going places so I, I feel what Talia is saying that I'm thinking about going to like vendor events and stuff like that and I've also had like other ideas of like making samples for some businesses and then trying to get it that way but it's just advertising and marketing is a lot and like I'm I'm exhausted I'm just thinking about got, it you don't gotta tell me twice we boosted the podcast views in two days since I've been posting these videos back to back to back to back to back to back, 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 back it's been a lot of work <laughs> is there such thing as uh too much posting. too much advertising not advertising but posting like uh, i mean the the social media platforms can punish you for posting too much like they'll start to see that you seem more like a bot but if you post like two times a day they're not gonna see you as a bot or five even five times a day like out uh, haitians blog used to post four or five times a day 
Oh, but that's what be stressing me out. I don't got time to post four or five times a day. It stresses me out just thinking about how much. And that's where I was like, I have like my personal page is going to end up being like an advertisement page. But okay. you but you did say that, OK, you, should, you need to be your own brand ambassador. So I was like, OK, well, then I'm going to do stuff like that. But it's still a lot of work. So basically, Ciroc is done with her facial. The skin is glowing. What's the facial that she received? She received the Deluxe Derma Planning Facial. Mm, you hear that? There's any men over here who want to pay her big, big bucks, extra, extra monies because she did an extra great job. Extra great job. We about to tip a big. <laughs> <laughs> So on uh, the self-care tips, so nine self-care tips for businesses and entrepreneurs. The first one is to schedule self-care activities into your work calendar. So you'll be able to kind of like, and this is if you're deciding to do something like a facial, right? You can set up the time for the self-care activity ahead of time. So we booked this out three weeks ago. So, you know, three weeks from now, I'm going to do one thing for myself that is going to take care of myself and step away from my work life and just give me that balance in my personal life. The next one is creating a routine. So when you decide to create a routine, do not forget to stick to it. That is the hardest thing for anybody. You don't even have to be an entrepreneur to struggle with sticking to your routine. But when you have a routine, when you know you got to wake up, go to the gym, eat breakfast, finish breakfast, watch a TV show, read a book, go to work, leave work, come home. When you know that you have this set routine, it makes it harder for you to slack off on taking care of yourself. And then the next one is setting boundaries and setting boundaries with your job as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, I know we don't do boundary setting. You know, if Somebody calls us at 12 o'clock in the morning for business. We're going to answer the phone at 12 o'clock in the morning. No, 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 nah. you need Stop. to get, you need to get off at a certain time. Right. You can't just be 24 seven. Right. Wake up entrepreneurship, sleep entrepreneurship. And, and, or wake up in the middle of your sleep to check your phone or entrepreneur. Like, no, it can wait till 8 a.m. Facts, facts, facts. Next one is making time for your relationships. And I know that's like a big one that like a lot of people are like, I know Ciroc has a lot of experience with entrepreneurs who don't make time for relationships. You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you know, but it's like Shirley said, I'm not the problem. <laughs> so Shirley's basically just letting you know, if you're listening, that you are the problem again, that you need to make time for the things that you want and it's not just for your business but for the relationships that you also want to have i once saw an interview with Shaq where Shaq said you know he was like he put everything else before his family and now that he's at the point of his life where he's retired and he's not working anymore he doesn't have the family the family's not there he doesn't have a girl he doesn't have his kids you know he does get to still see his kids and be present for his kids but he ruined the opportunity to have a family because he was so focused on everything else. Don't let that be, okay? You know, the money's worth it. The money's good. But at the end of the day, when you decide to have a life of leisure, you need to have someone around you so that you can enjoy the leisure. If that's what you want, because I don't mind being um, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Oprah has a lot of leisure. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, I, if you want specifically, let, let me tell you guys something. If specifically you want a life of leisure with me, you know that I don't let things go. That I hold a grudge forever. So you might want to get right or get left. Wow. Wow. So the last one is take time off. Listen, this goes for anyone who's working in Surely nine to five. Off every two weeks. Shirley is not working. Mm -hmm. Shirley is not in the country. Mm -hmm. You cannot find her. No, because I literally work 12-hour shifts as an entrepreneur. Hello? You think I'm going to do that every week, every day? Yes. No, no. Take time off. Between Shirley and Karma, I don't know who lives in this country. <laughs> karma, if you listen to Yeah, Karma. Because I ask, I ask Karma, every time I see girl, Karma is not here. She wasn't here a few days ago. She just came back. She just came and back. And she's going to New York, too. So. She's not. She don't live here. Mm -mm. She live on the road. Mm -hmm. Papa was a rolling stone. Mm -hmm. 
So we're going to transition into question and confessions. We have some questions for Talia and also myself and you, Sarah. So the first question is, how do you know when you are ready to become an entrepreneur? What do you recommend? I think that's for Talia. It's a gut feeling. You know when everything is in place. So for me, it was pretty much creating a checklist. And once I got through that checklist, I was in a good place. And it has to feel organic. I never put a a date or a stamp on, okay, by, you know, December 21st, this is when I need things to happen or make a move. I just let it all happen organically. I didn't rush it. But as long as I got through my checklist, that's when I was, you know, I knew it was timing. And then also, well, the time was right. And then also it just felt right. Like organically, I had my finances in place and I was ready to flow and move to the next level. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sarak, how do you do what you do while dealing with anxiety? I think I make a plan. So the same way, like you were saying that you have to kind of like your routine I know at a certain time that I need to start working on whatever I'm working at. I know what time that, okay, if I go over a certain amount of time that I'm going to stop and then I can continue tomorrow. It also helps that I work from home a majority of the time. So sometimes like if I'm on my break, I can do a little bit of work then. Um, So it's it's basically time management helps me with anxiety. I don't really have a lot of anxiety because I have pretty good um, time management skills. Mm, I'm an anxious wreck. So I think the one thing that makes it easy for me to still be like a serial entrepreneur, because I think that's why that question was asked, but like what makes it easy for me to be a serial entrepreneur is knowing that I draw very strict boundaries in the amount of work that I do. And I literally have to mentally check in with myself in the in we're talking in the days, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day. So my mind is always operating at 10 I have so much ideas and I want to execute every single one of them. And sometimes I have to draw boundaries with myself, Shirley, the zero entrepreneur that wants to start something else and be like, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to do this for this moment and you're going to do this for a set amount of time. So there's this thing called the Pomodoro method where it says that you spend an hour per task. Once the hour is up, you got to move on to the next task. It doesn't matter if it's done. It doesn't matter if you're missing something. You move on to the next task because you can spend two hours on that task and still not going to get done. So you give yourself an hour, move on to the next task, and you find yourself completing more tasks and going back to the task that you feel like you need to add to or fix or maybe even complete because then you'll go through all the other tasks and you'll finish them. So that's kind of like how my mind operates, especially considering that I have anxiety and I think like I get very like hell-bent on getting things like executed well and yeah. An anxious person, you have to find some, and I, to your point, time management, it sounds like, right? Like being able to manage your time. And when you manage your time, it reduces the fear that you have about not being able to finish. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, procrastination is definitely a thing, but I, I also manage the time that I procrastinate as well. <laughs> like, I, I know that if I'm doing something, I'm okay. I'm going to spend a little bit of time also stopping to watch the yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, that happened to me today. I was like, I need a nap. Wake me up in 30 minutes. I'm gonna give myself 30 minutes. I'm tired, but I can't I can't do two hours naps. I gotta do 30. So I'm gonna give myself 30. I'm gonna get my butt up and go back to work. Mm-hmm. I need to finish this by nine. It's five o'clock right now. I have an hour to play around with. Let me go take a nap. Right. So Talia, sometimes do you find it that people say you're selfish because you take care of yourself? When it comes to your business? No, I wouldn't say that. It's because I try to have a healthy balance overall when it comes to, you know, what you just said. So, no, I've never had that experience. I'm the same. I, I've only had one person call me selfish, but I think it's because they didn't like that I was excelling in life. Right. And it's, so that came from a place of more like hurt and jealousy than it did like, oh, my gosh, you're a selfish person. But yeah. I think too, like when people can see how passionate you are, passionate you are, and see your hunger. I always live live by like the three H's of life, which is like being humble, hungry, and honest with yourself. So I feel like if I carry that over me, no one could detect that or could call me out on that. Right. Because I try to stay humble and honest and hungry for things 
within my realm of business. So it would never come off as, you know, yeah, selfish. Like you said, unless it comes from a place of like envy or jealousy. Mm-hmm. My mom would probably say that I'm, I'm selfish because I can't focus on her business and mine. At this, I, I have to draw boundaries sometimes because my business comes first to me, just like her business comes first to her. So when I draw boundaries, of course, you know, Haitian parents, they think that they gave you life. You owe them your life. <laughs> so she would call me selfish, but I just set boundaries. So the last thing I have is grants and business loans. So they're asking, how do you get qualified? How do you get grants? That is a very loaded question. <laughs> but there are business loans out there available in majority of the major financial institutions. You know, they're ready. They're always ready to get that little percentage. So business loans are not things that are not accessible. They're just not accessible to people of color. And they make it very difficult for you to access because it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code to spending somebody else's money to make yourself money. And then just being like, okay, I owe you like 4%. Okay, whatever, take your 4%. You just made me a millionaire, right? So business loans are readily available. All financial institutions offer some form of business loaning. It just really depends on your credit and you know how much interest they're willing to pour onto you. You can go to a nonprofit financial institution, which is typically like credit loans, or companies or banks that are CDFIs and they provide you with business loans, but the lowest interest. So we're talking four to 6% max, which is a golden ticket. If you can get a four to 6% business loan, you know, they're like, we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars and you only have to pay a 6%. That's baby, take your 6%. So if you can find a local CDFI funded bank or a nonprofit bank, Go ahead and get a business loan from them. There's a scam going around. I don't really know what it is, but whenever I see too many Black people talking about something that is usually not accessible, I get a little nervous. But there's a lot of people online who are like, I can help you get a business loan. I can help you get a business loan. That's predatory loans. They're preying on you. They're intentionally targeting Black people and saying that they can help you get business loans. And they're giving you crazy interest rates. We're talking 20, 25, 30%. You shouldn't be paying 30% to any financial institution for anything. And if you are, they're playing you. There's no way you can pay back 30%. No, no way. Unless you're obviously going to randomly have a business that becomes a million dollar business. So stay away from people who are not in financial institutions. If they're solo entrepreneurs talking about, I can help you get a business loan, baby, relax, get away from it. Another one, you can join a soul. (laughs) Hey, I'll be honest, soul's got me some a lot of things in life. That's so. what I'm saying. I'm trying to find a soul. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Chap's mom does soul. Okay, then. Yeah. Let me join. Period. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to do. And then with grants, grants are literally everywhere. Someone who's a 65-year-old, who's a millionaire and got no kids and got nowhere to put their money, they're no sugar babies, they're not looking to give sugar babies money. Somebody out there got a whole bunch of money and they're trying to get into businesses. There's always somebody out there. You just have to be very passionate about finding it. I know like we created like a grant fund, a fund, and then we created a grant database. And I'll hear so many people be like, oh, I can't find these online. I'm like, really? How do you think I found this grant? I don't have a special cheat code. Literally, I go on Google. I turn on my Google search terms and I put black business grant and then grant. Every day, four times a day, Google sends me an email of grants, any news that they find about grants. And all I do is sift through it, choose the one that aligns with my business, and apply. That's it. The grants are actually one of the easiest things to find. You just have to be passionate enough to decide to apply for it so that you can get the grant. That's one thing that we're not going to pretend that that's not accessible. You know, there's a discrimination against black people. No, that's actually something that's not. Maybe, you know, like investors. Yes, investors are, it's really hard to get investments for black people. Like 1% of funding for businesses are black people. It sucks. You know, for some reason, they're just not looking to invest in black owned businesses. But grants, on the other hand, they're here. You can join Chamber of Commerces. Chamber of Commerce have grant opportunities, accelerator programs. The money is flowing out there. You just have to be willing to write those business plans, do those videos. Oh, it sounds like you can uh, get it. It sounds like those college acceptance essays. Oh, but it's literally just like your college acceptance essays. Yeah, once you like do one, either. once you do one, it's the same one for every application. All you have to do is tweak it. They'll ask you what made you start your business. The other one will be like, 
how did you make your business plan? Like, don't, don't ask it all differently, but it's the same question and it all comes from your business plan. How much money did you make? What's your financial projections? What goals do you have? How much clients do you currently have or how much products are you currently selling? Every single grant that I've ever applied to have asked Ooh, the same Chai, question. If you are a grant writer, please comment <laughs> below because ain't nobody got time. Uh, nobody got time. I gotta, I gotta make TikToks, Instagram, and I gotta write grant essays. Find me somebody. So if you do advertisement, please comment below. If you do marketing, please comment below. If you do grant writing, please comment below and follow Shirley because Shirley also does marketing and just save up your money and just have somebody else do it. <laughs> get somebody else to do it. It's not like you it's not like you need an intern. Get somebody else to do it. It's not like you need an intern. Another self care tip. Get somebody to clean get your somebody house. To, oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> I cannot stress it enough. <laughs> Baby, you already doing all this hard labor for your business. And you gonna go home? And clean? Get somebody else to do it. Someone's like, oh, I know you're rich. I said, no, I'm not rich, sweetie. I just don't go out to eat for three days and pay somebody. I can't. That's it. No coffee, no nothing, no, no nothing. And I would rather pay someone to clean for me. I'll sit there and watch Get TV. Get somebody else. Please. You know. Please. But for all the Haitians who feel like they're disrespect for anybody who's in the Caribbean, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm disrespecting my ancestors. No, sweetie. And and if we go to the Caribbean, they got those they little, got bonds they and the, the bond. They have the the, the cousins that came from the countryside that moved to the city side for a better life. Who's cleaning the house, cooking, washing the dishes? They have that. So your don't, grandparents don't move into your it. parents' house and your grandparents do the cleaning. Right. Woo! Yeah, yeah. The cousin that came from Haiti, that moved to the States, that lived with you, did the cooking and the cleaning. Yeah, no, no. Don't fall for it. Get you somebody to clean. I saw something on TikTok where people would clean for $19. Go look it up. Go look it up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's it for questions and confessions. This is obviously not that podcast that you thought it was. So I'm happy we were able to talk about entrepreneurship and self-care with Talia. We're going to have Talia give you guys a little message and tell you about her business so that you can get to know more about how you can practice self-care by coming to spa, have a little spa day, sip a little wine, and we'll see you guys next time. Hello, everyone. I'm Talia, owner and creator of Talia Skincare. I am a licensed esthetician. I've been in business now for five years. I've been a licensed esthetician now for three years. I specialize in dermal cleaning as well as corrective skincare and healthy glowing skin. I'm also known for my skincare line, which I have products for every step in your skincare regimen. And I also do facials. So if you want, look with me and see you soon. Thank you for listening. New episodes of This Is Not That Pod drops every Tuesday. So keep up with us by pressing that follow button. We want to hear how much you're feeling us. So if you love the show, leave us a review. Be sure to read our show notes and tap or click around to support our sponsors.